This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm speaking with Joyce Benjamin, who is the uh, founder, creator. Joyce, you tell us what your title is uh, around Autism FYI. Joyce, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Eliza? Uh, I am the CEO. I am the co-founder and the Chief Operations Officer of Autism FYI. And right. we created the Autism FYI with a threefold kind of mission, and that is for the safety of those on the autism spectrum and the employment and their independent living as they age. Okay, great. Give us a little background, if you could, Joyce, about where you're located and and what for you know what was the, what what's the genesis of Autism FYI? Why why do you care about these topics and why why create Autism FYI? And also, what is it? Is it? I know that there's a website, but is it? Does it go beyond that? So, can you give us some background on your both yourself uh, as well as the the uh, Autism FYI specifically? Okay. Um, I am a, my husband and I created Autism FYI because of, we have two sons that are uh, now adults, they're 29 and 30, uh, on the autism spectrum, and we have heard a story back just before it, um, we began it in 2014, and it was about a young man was 18 on the autism spectrum, Mm -hmm. black male who was dropped off at the uh, library by his mother, and someone reported that there was a black man with a hoodie and she thought he had a gun to the 911 operator, and which uh, they dispatched the police, which they sent off the school resource officer from next door, and when the officer approached the young man, uh, he didn't answer him. And when he called him again, the man, the young man walked away, and then the officer put his hands on him to stop him, and the big fight ensued, and the officer was injured very badly. Um, so what ended up was happening was the, the young man with autism was placed in jail, sent to uh, for evaluation, a psychiatric evaluation, mm. um, all that time not been able to see his mother. Mm. So they ended up putting him in jail. He was uh, tried and convicted by a jury for 10 years in prison. And luckily the judge said, this is crazy, He's autistic. And so he changed the sentence to 18 months and time served. During the time he was placed in and out of solitary confinement, which for an autistic child or person, that's like one of the worst things you can do. And he was, uh, when he finally got released, he was back in trouble, put back in. So at one point he was in solitary for a year. Finally, the Autism Speaks and different organizations rose to his defense, and Governor McAuliffe at the time, he 
uh, turned his sentence over. Can't remember the word I'm looking for, but anyway, he pardoned him, mm-hmm. and he was placed in a in a facility that was more appropriate for him. So, with that being said, my husband and I were just mortified because we have autistic sons. They are uh, interracial, so the same fears that would uh, befall those who are um, of African-American descent and their fear of the police, with that being that and the fact that they're autistic, and when you look at them, you can't recognize that they're different, mm-hmm. um, all of those came into play. So my husband was like, if there was just something that police officers could see that would give them that information that they are on the autism spectrum, that would make them so much safer. So we created that and the fact that that we were worried about what's going to happen when we pass, because my Mm -hmm. husband was now in his 70s and I'm in my 60s. that's something that parents of autistic children worry about. What's going to happen when I'm gone? Right. So that and the fact that those on the spectrum are very, very difficult they, uh, to get a job. So um, all these things, we created Autism FYI. Let me stop you there because that's a very compelling story. It's one that, you know, that one in particular I think is is, is uh a very sort of very specific and, and concrete example of what uh, happens, I think, more frequently than, than a lot of people, a lot of us would like to think. So I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I can completely understand how that would speak to you as parents of, of two young men on the spectrum at the time uh, with all these questions running through your head. And, and it makes it so real and so raw. What uh, let's let's break it down a little bit because I know that there's really three these three main areas and I've read uh, your website um, looked at some of the information there. So when it comes to the first part, the first thing you talked about wanting to create a way for officers or or maybe even just general public or to, to yeah. be able to quote unquote see autism because autism is often referred to uh, as an invisible uh, disability, right? It's it's not something that is that physically manifests itself for. for for many people on the spectrum. Um, and so a lot of times these social cues that we, many of us rely on making eye contact, verbally responding to somebody who's trying to get your attention, uh, walking towards somebody who's trying to, to connect with you, that can be misunderstood in a very dramatic way, as you just described. So explain, uh, some of the ways that you, things that you've done um, that can help there, uh, and maybe okay. some of the reaction of the officers you've worked with. What, how how do you make make it visible without also making it stigmatizing? Well, we made this. Um, uh, first of all, we used the logo that we created for an alert logo was the yield sign, which automatically says uh, "wait, yield." Um, and hazard, whatever. We, we, we have a yellow sign, and inside that yellow yield sign is a puzzle piece. The puzzle piece has really become, a, become the, the main um, symbol for autism. Right. And I understand that there are a lot of people on the autism spectrum themselves who don't like that puzzle piece. But in this case, when you need something, a single symbol that is going to give information about autism, um, the rainbows, the other things, they don't say the same thing. They haven't been identified as much with autism as 
the puzzle piece. So we put the puzzle piece in the yield tab, and what we did was we put it in a patch, and the patches can be attached to any shirt, anything. It's an adhesive patch. But with that patch, um, we also put the, we created a 24-hour hotline. So the hotline we, when it's a free membership type program where they, when they sign up and they give us emergency information, they give us three emergency contacts and other medical and behavioral things that set them off, calm them down, and uh, demographic information. So that, and then we give them a member ID number. So when they see the yield, that little yield sign on anything, whether it be on their whatever they're wearing, or we also have it on a bracelet. Uh, the bracelet is actually a USB bracelet, and we've included all of the information that they've shared with us in a PDF file placed into the USB so that if an officer does come in contact, he sees the band, or if the person with autism, whether they're verbal or nonverbal, if they can at least show them the bracelet, the bracelet they can put in their computer and they can get the information with three emergency contacts. And um, their medical information can be password protected if they want that. So uh, that's totally up to them and the parents if they want that uh, password protected. But that's why we have the 24-hour hotline so that if an officer, let's say they're wearing something with the 24-hour hotline, they don't have a USB bracelet. They can actually call the hotline, either give us the member ID number that we heat press on, like, terry cloth wristbands. We heat press it under the edge, uh, or they're with spandex sleeves they could wear. We also heat press it there for a cap that has the symbol on the front, and we put the heat press their ID number under the edge. So they can call the hotline, and it is manned by someone who understands autism, and we will give them the, the uh, members three emergency contacts and help reach those contacts. As a mom, and um, there's a lot of nightmare stories about officers. Some are willing to go the extra mile, and some are not. Mm-hmm. So understanding that as a hotline, if an officer calls us, we will give them the, the emergency contact. Mm-hmm. To make sure that they've been contacted, we will also reach out to contact those three emergency contacts. And, so and how, we how understand. Is this uh, is this specific to uh, Maryland, um, where I believe you are, or is this is this national? Like, how far does this does this reach right now? Well, it's national in that anyone who signs up, and we have members from California, Texas. Um, we even have a member in England and in Australia. But those. Um, all we would be able to provide anybody from there is an, uh, we can provide them with an emergency information. The same information they give us, we could provide them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can only, as far as in the state, uh, we can provide it nationwide. Mm-hmm. We do, um, however, only have for, uh, we have, like, charters or we have um, satellite offices or um chapters in Michigan, in Virginia, in Florida, and Arkansas. 
I have to I, I have to stop you for just a second because we have to take a break. But this is very interesting, and uh, I have a bunch more questions to ask when we come back from our break. But let me just uh, stop for a moment and say sure. this is Joyce Benjamin from Autism FYI uh, speaking on the One in Fifty Nine Show, and my name is Eliza Bozenski, and we're going to take a short break and come right back. You've just received the diagnosis. Your child has autism spectrum disorder and you're no doubt experiencing all kinds of emotions. Perhaps you even feel as if you're alone on an island far out in the sea, but you're not at all alone. Here at Anderson Center for Autism, we've been helping people just like you navigate those waters for nearly 100 years. And we've been giving children and adults just like the one you love what they need to shine. Our state-of-the-art education center, our nurturing residential, recreational, and community programs, and our inspiring vocational training center all bring out the best strengths, skills, and smiles in our students and residents with autism. Our belief that every person has unique talents and opportunities and the potential to enjoy a productive, purposeful future buoys up our staff, our families, and our community. And our mission to optimize the quality of life for people with autism serves as a compass guiding us along the way. At Anderson Center for Autism, we're here to help your family enjoy a rewarding journey ahead. Learn more at andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and this morning I'm speaking with Joyce Benjamin, who's the chief operating officer and co-founder of an organization called Autism FYI. Uh, Joyce, in the first half of the show, you were giving a, an overview of uh, a little bit about your background and why you and your husband decided to create Autism FYI back in 2014, um, and you now have 200 members, some of whom are even outside of our country, um, but throughout the United States. And uh, I want to just jump back to where we finished the first half of the show. You were talking about the safety aspect and your kind of um, ability to to help, mostly it sounds like police officers, but potentially other um uh, other people who would be in a situation of of uh, interacting with somebody on the spectrum, a, a, an adult on the spectrum, uh, maybe when they're alone um, in a community and, and uh, maybe not communicating verbally or not responding in a way that people might be accustomed to. And this is a way to, to help that individual stay safe and help officers learn um, and be better equipped to get information and to help that person as opposed to maybe making an assumption that, that there's uh, a different type of action that they need to take. So my follow-up question on that is, what has been the response from the officers that you've been able to work with so far? The officers across the board welcome the ability because to recognize that someone is on the spectrum because, number one, they don't want to hurt someone who's disabled or and they don't want to make a mistake in their assumptions, and especially if it would cause somebody harm, um, who never had a harmful or deviant thought, they're just stimming or they're flapping or they're um, darting their movements, pacing back and forth. So they welcome the um, symbol, the up, uh, the ability to recognize that instantly. And in order to get that, they we've created their training for them, not just in person near us and, and our satellite or our chapters in their area, but we also created online training. So there's a company called firstforward.com. It's an online training for first responders. 
Hmm. So we created a online two-hour program to train about autism. Uh, includes videos so they they can get the sense of autism. Um, so we've created that for free, and it's on First Forward, who's also hosting it for free, since we're a nonprofit and we're not charging those first responders to take it. Uh, so, and then we give free training, not just to officers, but also we go every year to the Maryland State Firemen's Association and train there. We've given our training free to the state of Maryland for those to, for the firemen's, uh, for them to be trained. Um, and then we also started training businesses. And our goal, we started with restaurants, but we started putting an area, if we could train the staff of a restaurant, families can feel more comfortable bringing their children with autism to the, to that restaurant. Sure. And the staff is trained to understand if they're having a meltdown or if they're having uh, not what they want to eat. You know, I told them they always have to have chicken nuggets and you always have well, we have to have French fries. If you can have French fries and chicken nuggets, uh, everyone will have a great dinner. So, <laughs> well, it's interesting. We, we An- Anderson uh, Anderson has a consulting department, and we have a program called Autism Supportive Environment. And we're actually it's very similar to what you're describing, where um, there is there is exactly that um, that issue that challenges so many families with a loved one with autism um, where you can feel very isolated and like you're not welcome in your own community restaurants um, and, and other other businesses so I, I definitely appreciate the fact that you're doing uh, some similar work there and and we're starting to see some uh, towns and villages start to look towards becoming an autism supportive community which we think is is really the next step and, and hopefully the way that change is going to uh, occur throughout the whole country eventually so so I can definitely relate to you on that. Um, let's just in the time that we have remaining, let's move into the other two aspects of autism. FYI, the employment aspect, which I agree with you, is a significant issue with um, lack of opportunity, but also uh, potentially a lack of understanding on the part of business owners um, that that people with autism are can make excellent employees. Um, and, and need to be considered for those positions, uh, and then also the independent living aspect. So how does Autism FYI address those two other areas? Well, right now, um, because we're very young and it takes so much um, support monetarily, um, we're uh, actually employing those on the spectrum ourselves where uh, they help create the ID cards, they create the, uh, they put the packages together when they're a member um, signs on. And um, so they put that and mail it to the individuals. We also send a letter to their local police and their local fire department. Uh, so they create those letters and send them out, hard mail. Then um, I've also taught them how to so, and they and we have an engraver, and we have a heat press. So we actually employ them here ourselves, but um, we do that in giving them like we give them a, a trade themselves where they can go and help and do. But we also the important thing is if they can only do an hour, we only do it an hour. If they can only do it, if they could go work for four hours, great, we'll take it for four hours. So having a adjustable uh, schedule is very important. So that's what, kind of what we do as well. 
And then as far as the living, mm-hmm. the um, assisted living, um, we would we want a community that houses not it's not just for those on uh, adults with autism, but it's also uh, for the parents with autism, the parents with of the autistic child. Um, but they're not going to live together. They live together in the community, but not in the same home. That is a way of transitioning those on the autism spectrum as well as the parents who have been they're now codependent and stuck together for they've been that way for years. But they parents need to know that their child is gonna be okay when they go on to their next life. And the the child wants to be and needs security. So in a community that is supportive of what their needs are and their parents' needs, because as their parents age, so will their needs. So uh, it would be a community, a supportive community that houses both parents, family, and the uh, person with autism. So, so you're talking about you're talking about trying to create this community, correct? It doesn't exist correct. right now. Okay. Yes, I am talking about it's not now, right? Because. When we were talking about doing that, um, my husband, who's a physician, who's a plastic surgeon, and I'm a nurse and a PA, we realized that, and even though we're parents and we understand what our sons need and what a lot of those on the spectrum would need, uh, we also know that when it comes to getting money, and they've got to show, you got to show that you can be successful at something before someone's going to give you the money. So uh, basically, we went with the safety program, which we call IRIS, Immediate Recognition Increases Safety. Um, so we went with IRIS and the Employment Park first, and the plan is still, hopefully, before we pass on, that we get this community together. Interesting. Okay, I you know this this is these are all hot topics. These are all things that are being discussed. I think throughout the field um, is the 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 adult uh, sort of the aging population. There's still a myth out there that people age out of autism that it's a childhood challenge uh, or disability. Yeah. And so I think that you know um, it's it's very interesting for me, and it's a great opportunity to have you on the show today to talk about what what you're doing in your community because I think that it takes everybody kind of coming up with different ideas and and creative ways. Ways of thinking about this um, because it's obviously something that that's happening uh, all over and um, to my understanding there really is not a a one sort of one-shot solution um, to it but the idea of creating a community is certainly something that I, I hear discussed frequently um, your your thoughts about creating a community that would sort of be inclusive of keeping families in close proximity but not in the same home I think captures that sense of security and family and comfort uh, with also that sense of, but these are still adults who need a level of independence, who deserve a life of quality that is not um, staying sort of in that childhood home their whole lives. So it's a very interesting model. Um, We only have about one minute left, Joyce, and in that minute, can you just give a sense of, uh, give our listeners, uh, where could they go for more information about any and all of these programs that you've discussed around Autism FYI? Is there a website or something that you'd like people to do? Uh, yes, we have a website. It's um, autismfyi.org, and there uh, you can reach the other websites from there. But if you have a child 
with autism uh, or an adult, even with autism. We also do some training on safety for those on the spectrum or with intellectual disabilities, and that is autismiddtraining.org. Um, and then so you can go there, and we have uh, actually different training things that they can do to learn about laws and law lingo. Okay. Uh, and then if you want to sign up, go to afyi-iris.org, and they can sign up for the um, free membership program. Great. Thank you so much. Joyce Benjamin from Autism FYI. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing the work that you're doing. And I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors, especially with this, uh, this community. The next step. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.